Welcome to A Better Way Podcast with your host, Ryan Haley. Learn to excel in business God's way, where the supernatural meets the practical. Experience a better way to succeed and learn from real-life business owners and entrepreneurs who have prospered in unconventional ways. Be inspired by their true stories and realize that prayer can become your practical source of provision when you embrace walking by faith and not human sight. And now, here's your host, Ryan Haley. Welcome to A Better Way Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Haley. And this week's guest is Julie Ballard, the CEO and founder of Victory Vision Publishing and Consulting Company. Julie, it's great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. I'm so happy to be here. And I just honor you and what you're doing for the kingdom and the community that you serve. And so thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. And we just talked a little bit before we started recording. You clearly have a very powerful testimony and story on several levels. But why don't you just start off by giving us a little bit of your background to kind of set the stage for this incredible testimony that we're going to share? Sure. Well, um, you know, I was raised in church. Um, I had a wonderful upbringing. We had a great life. My dad was the president of the country club, the vice president of our local bank. You know, I never needed or wanted for anything. Um, And then he went to prison when I was in the fifth grade for embezzlement. And my whole world was turned upside down. Uh, I was a very intuitive little girl. And so I saw things from a different perspective than most kids my age. And so it really um, racked me to feel like that I had been abandoned and rejected by someone that I love so dearly. And that's exactly how I felt. Um, He came home from prison and was pretty much a ghost of a person walking around our house. When I turned 15, I was starting my sophomore year of high school in a new town, in a new school, and um, my dad left one day, and I watched him out the window of the garage, and he was crying and pacing and smoking his cigarette, and, and I just, I cried from the other side of the door, and, you know, I just wished that there was something that I could have done for him. And then I walked away, and I never saw him again. Um, That evening, he took his own life and left us with more questions than answers. And for me, um, it was super easy to take a hard left. Uh, I still was on the dance line in high school. Um, I was belonged to so many social clubs in high school. Um, I graduated with honors in the top 15% of my class of 250 people. Um, I got a full scholarship to Ole Miss University And that's where I wanted to go, but I could not get my out-of-state tuition paid because I needed to make a 28 on my ACT. And I made a 27 three times because I could not put two sentences together. So I got another scholarship to my local university and went there and graduated in three years. I worked full-time while I was in college to put myself through college and save some money uh, because I was ready to run away. It was time to run. I was uh, using drugs recreationally, um, you know, uh, making really bad decisions in relationships. And um, I just kind of on the inside, I was dying. And on the outside, I looked like I had it all together. So I learned quickly how to play roles and put on masks in order to be whoever I needed to be in front of the person that I was in front of. Um, I got married uh, to a great guy. He was a B-52 pilot stationed at Barksdale Air Force Base. Um, We had two beautiful sons, Caleb and Jacob. And uh, we 
you know, went on with life, but, you know, by day I was the, you know, president of the officer spouses club, you know, on the base. And by night I was a raging, you know, addict and alcoholic and making terrible decisions. I was not prepared for motherhood and I was not prepared to be a good wife. Um, and I was not prepared for the workforce, honestly. And so I just continued to check out of life every opportunity that I got. Um, eventually, you know, my husband left me, uh, and, and as he should have, and he took custody of our children. And it's now been 10 years since I've been able to see or speak to Caleb and Jacob. Um, it's been a really hard journey for me in that arena. But I believe and know with everything that I have that one day they will knock on my door and find a different mom than they knew from their childhood. Wow. So, yeah. Um, do you have any questions so far? <laughs> no, I just, you know, uh, that's a, believe it or not, that's a fairly typical uh, story that we hear a lot of times. Um, I certainly can relate to this too. And as the listeners know, you know, I kind of have a similar backstory and it's just amazing to me how God will use, you know, these incredibly difficult circumstances and turn ashes into beauty. And obviously we're going to hear that, um, eventually in this, in this testimony you're sharing, but I just find it interesting how it's just got, there's no limit to what God can do and the way that he can redeem people and circumstances. And, uh, certainly you're giving us a really powerful dark before picture, which is going to make the contrast of the after picture that much greater, but, uh, yeah, definitely a, a similar story for a lot of people in scripture and in my life and a lot of other people we've interviewed on the podcast. Um, so <laughs> you're in good company, believe it or not. Well, you know, nobody wakes up one day, Ryan, and says, Hey, I'm going to be a full blown addict and I'm going to ruin every relationship that I have. Right. Um, nobody uh, does that. That's not the desire of anyone, but it is a slow fade into oblivion, you know, and over the course of, you know, the majority of my adult life, that's exactly what happened. It just kept fading and fading more and more into darkness. And the light just kept continued to dim more and more. Um, I know that God was with me every step of the way now. And he has honestly taken me back to so many terrible memories and showed himself to me what, where he was there. And those memories have actually been replaced with the God memories of that situation. It's really incredible what he can do. But, yeah. you know, I spent, you know, 20 something years in active addiction and uh, ended up homeless, living on the streets, living on a porch with no electricity and no running water. And that was my home. And it was awful, you know, uh, trying to just shack up in abandoned sheds and, you know, wherever I could just to and, and do whatever I needed to do to get the next drug into my body. Um, because I was just ready to die. Um, I have attempted suicide three times on my own um, and failed, thankfully. And then, you know, just, I just didn't want to wake up. Um, you know, I ended up ingesting way too many drugs one day. I was living on the streets of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I overdosed in the middle of the street. And I remember clearly, you know, hearing my heartbeat slowing down in my ears, not being able to breathe. And I'm on the ground and I knew that, you know, my, my, my body was dying and I felt like I deserved it. And I knew that I was going to hell. Um, I did not think that God cared for me or loved me or wanted anything to do with me. And so I was actually perfectly content taking my last breath on that ground in the middle of the street as cars passed me by. Wow. And I blacked out, of course. And the next thing I knew I was walking down the street again. 
So I started picking gravel from my hair and in all actuality, the atmosphere around me had turned almost a sepia color. So I, it was really, I felt like I was in another dimension. So I was afraid to turn around because I thought I would see myself lying in the middle of the road. Um, it was that real for me. So I went back to that porch uh, with no electricity and no running water and everybody's there, you know, using drugs and getting high. And in that moment, for the first time, I didn't see people. I saw the intentions of their heart. And I was terrified. So I just said, okay, God, if you're real and this is not hell, then I'm going to wait for the sun to set. And if the sun sets, then that means I'm still on the earth and it's still turning and I'm still here. So the sun did set. So that was my cue. So I crawled up in the corner and went to sleep. And the next morning I heard a voice audibly, but gently say walk. And that's all it said. So that day I put on my shoes and I walked away from that house. I walked away from that neighborhood and I walked away from that life. And the next day I walked across the threshold of a Christ-centered recovery center for women. And honestly, I thought all of those ladies had drank the Kool-Aid or something. Everybody was entirely <laughs> too happy. Everybody. And I was like, there's no way that they've been where I've, where I just have come from. You know, in the within the first seven days, the Lord showed me um, my purpose uh, through an open vision. And then he started to download revelation from the Bible to me so much that I would hide under the table to try to escape what was taking place. Like, like I can escape from God by hiding under this table. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, the, but the Bible was not Chinese anymore. Like I could actually read it and I understood it. And so I ate it as if it were my last meal on earth. Mm. I had so many wonderful experiences there and I left, um, you know, and I was at the time married to in my second marriage to an active addict. And so when I left this organization and graduated their program, I went home to him. And so you can imagine that things were a little off. I'm, I was terrified of who I was in the world. I didn't even want to go out and get a job. I mean, I was scared to walk out my own front door. So he left and went to work one day and I just sat on the floor of my little living room in my tiny little apartment and we could only afford, um, we couldn't afford cable. So we only had one channel and it happened to be the JCTV channel, which I called the Jesus channel. And so I sat down <laughs> and turned it on and there was a documentary that was on, they were doing a, like a marathon of this, um, you know, documentary, and it was called The Revolutionary Life. And it was about this young couple named Dustin and Darlene Stanley. And they had left, they had sold everything that they owned after they got married and left and went into worldwide missions. And I was like watching them, you know, video themselves doing these things, trusting God with the process, trusting God with their finances, going into places that had never heard the name of Jesus before. Blind eyes were open, people were walking that could not walk. And I was overwhelmed. I'd never seen anything like that before. And I was just like screaming, I want to go into the world. I want to go into the world like that. And the Lord said, you are going to go into the world, but I'm going to do it differently for you. Hmm. So I watched this marathon. And then all of a sudden, Dustin Stanley said how he used to be a youth pastor at a church in South Mississippi. Well, I was in South Mississippi. So I started screaming at the TV, where, tell me, tell me right now where you are, because I was Intent. I mean, this was before like social media was like such a big thing. 
So I was like, where, where, where? I was going to go find this church. I was going to go find their people. I was going to be friends with all of these people. And I knew that Dustin and Darlene Stanley were destined to be in my life. And I heard a voice that was very familiar to me, the enemy's voice. And it said, sit down and shut up because you will never be friends with people like that. Mm. And I just was like taken aback. I had to just take a big breath and I just started weeping. And I was like, "You're gosh, I'm just some washed up junkie. Like who would want to be friends with me? Like just because I have Jesus in my heart now doesn't mean that these people would want to be friends with me. Like my past is going to define me forever. Mm. And I sat on the couch and I never told anybody that I'd watched that show. It was a Tuesday. That was a Tuesday. Well, on Wednesday, my new Christian friend, and I'm using air quotes that you can't see because that's what I <laughs> called her. Uh, Tracy called me and she said, hey, I'm doing uh, a night of worship and there's going to be testimonies and things like that. I would like for you to come with me so that we can get to know each other better. So I was like, sure. So she picked me up that Friday, three days later after I'd watched that show. And uh, she said, let's go. So we went and... Um, Worship was fire and the testimonies were fire. And before you know it, the Holy Spirit fell upon the room and everybody started wailing and travailing and literally running around the room in, you know, in this church in the middle of the backwoods of McGee, Mississippi, they still had pews, but everybody was just in a very Pentecostal moment. And I was just blown away. I was like, what the heck is going on? So I walked down the aisle. There was no one to meet me there because they're all doing their own thing. But I told the Lord on the way down there, I said, I don't even know why I'm walking down this aisle or what you have for me, but whatever you want me to do in life, please tell me what it is. And I will say yes. Whatever it is that you want from me, I will say yes. Like, well, how do you want me to advance the kingdom? How do you want me to give back to people like me? And uh, the pastor came up and laid his hands on me and he started talking about, you know, 10 million words are going to come out of my house. And Wow. Um, you know, that the words that were going to come out of my house, were going to reach the masses worldwide. And I was like, what is this dude talking about? Like, I don't even like words. <laughs> what is he talking about? So I just, you know, I was like, whatever he's saying, Lord, I have no idea what this means, but I say, yes, fine. Whatever you say. Well, a couple hours later, Tracy and I get in the car to leave. It's like 11 o'clock at night. You know, she was eight months pregnant and had a young child and a husband at home, but she turned to me and she said, the Holy Spirit says that you need to come to my house. And I was like, you need to go to bed. Like, I'm not coming to your house <laughs> for coffee, go home, go to bed. And she was like, no, I mean, she started crying and she was like, I feel this so strongly. You have to be at my house right now. And I was like, okay, well, let's go to your house. So we go to her house and as she's opening the front door, I'm about to get emotional. Oh my gosh. As she's opening the front door, she says, oh, I forgot to tell you, my friends are in from out of town. <laughs> and she opens the door and sitting on her couch are Dustin and Darlene Stanley. Wow. From the revolution. Look at that. So wow. I took off, like I started screaming. I ran away. I ran into the garage and I'm like literally in a ball in the corner of her garage, just shaking and crying and i'm just like god what are you doing i mean i was so overcome by the spirit of the lord that i couldn't even stand up so i crawled through her kitchen literally on all fours and i crawled up to dustin on the couch and i said man of god three days ago the devil told me i couldn't be friends with you mm. and i share with them the story well of course you can only imagine that church literally broke out in the middle of her living room <laughs> And at about two o'clock in the morning, Dustin looked at me and he said, 
I, I have a word for you. And I said, okay, he said, the Lord says that you're to write books. And I said, well, you have the wrong person because <laughs> I can't put two sentences together. I can't write. And he said, I feel so strongly about this that I'm about to, he sat down at the computer. He opened up WordPress. He built me a WordPress site. He paid for it. And then he created a graphic for me and we named it. And he said, here you go. Now all you have to do is write. And I was like, but I don't know how. So I took my wow. computer home. I opened it up. I sat my laptop on the very desk in my house that my dad had written his suicide note on. It, it mm. had followed me. And the Lord said, whatever's about to come out of you is going to break all the generational curses in your family. And I was like, but I don't know how, like, how, I don't know how to explain it to you, Lord. Like, I can't do this. So for hours, like, so I had not slept and I would sit down at the computer and then I would just weep. I don't know how to do this. I'd get on the floor. I'd pray. I'd roll around. I would cry. I would scream out. Don't ask me to do this because I don't know how. And that took place for hours, Ryan, hours, like rolling around on the ground, arguing with God, trying to determine like how I was supposed to do something that I did not know how to do and was no good at. So I finally sat down on the couch in defeat and the Lord was so gentle. And he said to me, do you see that pillow on your couch? And I said, yes. He said, well, Julie, just describe it to me as if I were blind. Oh my gosh, the thought of the Lord being blind and the responsibility of trying to explain what this pillow looked and felt like to him so that he would be able to see it with eyes that couldn't see. It was overwhelming to me. So I picked up that yellow pillow and I spent half an hour describing to the Lord all the, in, you know, all the details about that pillow, um, about the brown button on it, about the feathers that made up the interior, you know, all of the things. And then I was done and I said, there you go. And he said, well, that's great. He said, now tell your story to the world as if they are blind because they're blind. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so he's literally downloading to you how to write because it's interesting as a writer myself and uh, going through some creative writing exercises, the power of describing with the five senses, you know, and bringing the audience into that so that they can create a mental picture is a really powerful technique for writers that that is able to bring people into the story and, and kind of create that environment in their mind and so he's showing you this stuff and just as you're saying all this stuff i can't help but think everybody who knows he listens to this podcast knows i always go to first corinthians one but i'm going to share um a couple of different verses that i just can't help but think of as you're sharing all this and that's first corinthians 1 26 through 29 this is the new living translation and this is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful, powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And I think of that so powerfully when you share the enemy trying to speak the exact opposite to you, using your, your past, your history, your circumstances to say, no one would ever, you know, want to be friends with you. You're nothing, you're nobody. And that's exactly the kind of people that God uses over and over to accomplish his kingdom purposes. So what a great real life example of that scriptural truth coming out in this story. 
Amen. Yes. I'm telling you, it's supernatural because he, he taught me how to do something I did not know how to do. And I, I sat down at that computer and I started a blog and I wrote in it every day and it went around the world. It, it did exactly what was prophesied over me. That blog went around the world. I had, you know, people in Tanzania and Australia and England and all of these people who were following my blog. And, you know, unfortunately what took place is, you know, my husband at the time, he relapsed and I followed suit. And because that's what you do when you're just not still, un, you're still unsure of your true kingdom identity, like who you are in the world. So mm -hmm. I went back to that recovery center and then I stayed on his staff and I was with them for almost four years. Um, and I divorced, I divorced him while I was there and just moved on with my life. And, you know, I thought that my purpose was to serve this organization for the rest of my life in tiny little picky in Mississippi. Um, and that was not God's best for me. So while I was there, I ghost wrote a book for the director of that ministry and um, I taught myself how to publish it. <laughs> so then I took my journal entries and it turned into a 90 day devotional. And so I published that. And then I published the book for the pastor of that ministry. And then I just, I started teaching myself how to do these things and learning all the uh, tricks. You know, it's a hard daunting process to self-publish. So mm -hmm. I started doing that and I was doing it all for free because I felt like, you know, I owed the world something and owed all of these people something for saving my life and setting me free. And, um, you know, eventually the Lord's like, it's time for you to go stand in the rain. That's what he said. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like, well, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to leave. And so he created a whole, well, there was just a whole bunch of chaos that was taking place around me. And I left claw marks on those people because I thought they were my destiny. And I moved to Biloxi, Mississippi. He said, go to your happy place. So I moved there and started really kind of helping people in the recovery community in that area. And I started to go to a new church um, there in Biloxi called um, um, New Life Family Church. And I started on January 1st of 2017. And they were doing a fast that I did not participate in because I wasn't prepared to fast for seven days but they were praying over prayer cards and things like that um, in the front. And it was so funny because I'm so charismatic and open and, you know, with my faith and I was so set free that I wanted all of those cards to be prayed for. So I literally would go up to the altar and lay on top of like hundreds of cards <laughs> <laughs> and just like pray over them. And I'm sure everybody thought that I had just lost my mind, but I didn't care. I didn't know these people like that. So it was fine. Um, and then I was turning 40 that year. My birthday is on February 11th. And I was turning 40 and the Lord said, now fast, I want you to fast the seven days before your birthday. And I was like, okay. So I started fasting and I was praying and the whole week it was raining. So I was like, well, you told me to stand in the rain. So I literally would go outside and stand in the pouring down rain um, in the middle of this fast. And through that, I told him, I said, I know that you're taking me places that I can't even begin to imagine but I sure don't want to do it alone. Like I really want to know what a godly marriage looks like. And I just, I want you to bring someone to me um, who can walk out this journey with me. I don't want to do it by myself. And he said, okay. And he said, go to the internet. So I went to the internet and popped up a book called 31 prayers for your future husband. And I was like, I am not buying that book. <laughs> and he said, buy the book. And I, I was like, okay, fine. I'll buy the book. So I bought the book and it showed up on my doorstep the very next day. So wow. this is probably midway through the week. 
And I was like, wow. So I started reading through it and thumbing through it. And I said, this is dumb. I'm not doing this. So I put it on the shelf and thought, okay, well, I acted in obedience. I bought it, but I don't need to like do this, pray for somebody I don't even know. And so I started asking the Lord, how do you want me to break my fast? And he said, I want you to go to the marriage conference being simulcast at your church on your birthday. And I was like, no, (laughs) why would I do that? But I did. I obeyed. I bought a ticket and I went um, that Saturday, um, February 11th, and I broke fast on my birthday in a marriage conference. And uh, there's this giant man on this giant screen teaching me about godly marriage And I just wept. I was like, oh, this is real. Like, this is real. Like, people Mm. really love each other like that. Like, without recourse, without judgment, without without the past coming in and taking over. Like, people really do love each other that way. And I was just so moved by that. So I went home and I pulled out my little 31 Prayers for Your Future Husband book. And I prayed all the prayers. I went through and I just started praying for this man that I did not know. And on day 32, I think it was, I went to church. It was March 13th. Um, I went to church March 12th, March 13th. I went to church that Sunday and I was just sitting there reading the bulletin. And all of a sudden this tall, handsome man walks up to me and says, Hey, I'm Jason. What's your name? And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? Well, needless to say, Jason and I became really close friends. We started doing homeless ministry together. Um, you know, and we got married on November 11th, 2017, eight months after we met. And we shared our first kiss on our wedding day, believe it or not. Um, wow. We knew both knew that we had jacked up all that in the past. Um, and so we wanted to do something completely different. And so I don't suggest that to everybody, but it worked for us. <laughs> so right. we go. So we got married and moved to Amarillo, Texas, four days later. And um, honestly, we were both so selfish that our marriage started to fall apart from day one. Um, the enemy was really working hard on trying to get us separated and it worked. Um, you know, I wish I could say that my story wasn't riddled with relapses, but it was, um, the last one I had in the middle of all of this, you know, I was publishing books for people and people actually started paying me for it. Um, which I was just blown away by you know, they're like, you, you have a service that I need and I want to pay you for it. So I started full circle publishing and brought on a partner and I published four more books of my own. And, you know, we were publishing books for people left and right. But then in July of 2018, you know, I hit my default button again. My marriage was falling apart. I was overworked, underpaid, you know, I was still working virtually as an executive assistant online. And I just couldn't keep it together. I just did what I always knew to do. Like this life isn't working. So let me just check out of it. And, you know, Jason, bless his heart. Like he was so broken by that, Um, you know, but he vowed to stay with me through it all. And so I went to Faith City Mission for eight months and got, got myself back together and got back in the presence of the Lord. And that's when he told me, you know, I just want you to put everything down. Like, I don't want you to write I don't want you to publish. I don't want you to blog. I don't want you to do anything, but just sit still. And he said, and even when you go to church, I don't want you to serve a cup of coffee. I don't want you to do anything. I need you to listen to me and to hear from me and to find out who you really are because you still don't know who you are. You don't believe what I'm telling you. And so for three years, I sat down two and a half, I guess years I sat down and 
I started, I worked for Face City Mission, their public relations department, went on to work for one of the largest convenience store chains as communications manager. And then um, I had a friend who came to me and, you know, knocked on my door a gazillion times asking me to help him write and publish his book. And I said, no, that's not my, that's not my thing anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. And then prophecies started coming in from all over the world from people I don't even know. And they were like, you have to, this is what the Lord is saying you're supposed to do. And I was like, how do you even know that this is happening right now? This is crazy. So we started finding the kingdom, you know, COVID happened. It pushed us out of the doors of traditional church. And we found a community of uh, believers who are reforming the systems of the world through kingdom culture. And we were finally like, you know, we, that's what we wanted to do. We didn't want to go sit in a church and listen to a message and go home and let it just go away. We wanted to do things daily that would be reforming our spheres of influence, Jason and I both. Um, and so we, we started, you know, being, becoming a part of this community and um, the Lord started teaching me who I was. And in fact, I have a kingdom declaration that I'll share with you all later. Um, hopefully give some impartation to the listeners, but you know, um, I left my corporate job that was paying me really well, by the way, in September of last year in the middle of a pandemic, if you can believe it or not. I don't know who else mm -hmm. does that. And I launched, <laughs> I launched Victory Vision Publishing and I started bringing on authors right away. We published our first book in January, on January 1st of uh, 2021. And we've published many, um, over a dozen books already this year. We've got 18 more coming out by October. And 95% of our authors have gone into number one bestseller or number one new release in multiple categories worldwide. So there is a massive amount of favor that sits upon Victory Vision, upon our authors, upon the dreams of people. You know, so many come to me and say, I've been sitting on this for 10 years and you're the answer to my prayer. And that's all I want. You know, I want to be the person that people can come to and say, this was my vision. And, you know, I've, I've not felt confident in getting it out. So I know that you can bring me that confidence. And so I feel like I'm an enforcer of dreams, you know, a multiplier of visions. And we're just doing the thing. You know, my team has grown. Um, we have several editors, proofreaders, graphic designers, marketing con con uh, consultations, you know, and we do the optimization of keywords and categories left and right. And we have um, cracked the code, so to speak. And so now we are just walking in super favor and um, bringing visions to life. Wow, man, that's amazing. There's so many things to unpack there. Um, I love that. An enforcer of dreams and multiplier of visions. And you, so first of all, what I hear throughout this is a couple of things. One, there is um, sometimes a huge anointing or favor on physical obedience, doing like physically prophetic acts, like laying over those prayer cards, going out in the rain, physically walking when the Lord told you to, and these different things, which sometimes look and sound funny, but we see that over and over throughout scripture. And it's, you know, sometimes people make that kind of religious and get weird with it. But when the Lord's telling you to do something, even, and especially if it seems weird or awkward or just, you know, very unusual, there's usually a high level of favor if it's truly revelation coming straight from the Lord, which clearly you had. The other thing I a theme that I kind of am pulling out is that, you know, this isn't a one and done thing. You had multiple relapses. I have myself, many people I've talked to, it's an ongoing journey of being perfected. And that 
is another thing that leads into, you know, God is the God of infinite chances. He doesn't just give us one or two and say, ah, that's it. You keep screwing up. You're hopeless where, you know, forget the whole thing. Like he continuously over and over directly and through other people will redeem people and visions. And then the other thing that I think is so interesting is for a girl who couldn't put two sentences together, clearly is very smart, but just one point short on that 28 on the ACT three times in a row because of your deficiency in English and writing and communication. And now what is the very thing that God's called you to do and has given incredible favor to is not only doing it yourself, but helping other people to do it and doing it very well. I mean, from starting your business in the middle of a global pandemic and economic crisis, and now to the point where you've got people, the 95% of your clients are getting number one bestseller or number one new release worldwide, which I'm very familiar with that process, having just done that last year myself. It's a big process. It takes a lot of skill and expertise. And it's just so fitting in God's upside down, bass backwards kingdom, if you will, that you know he would use you to do that. And then the other thing that I think is so important, it's a central theme of this podcast, is that you didn't force that to happen. You stopped. The Lord like forcibly removed you from activity and doing and serving all these things that the religious spirit would tell us. That's what we got to do to justify our existence and to get favor from God. And in that place where you stopped doing that, people are knocking down your door to try to get to pay you for your services. And I just think there's so many themes there that are so integral to how the kingdom works so differently in the world. I agree. I mean, to look back on it all now and to see how far I've come since I left that porch, you know, in the ghetto of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, it's unreal. Like the way that the Lord speaks to me is so clear and evident in all areas of my life. You know, and one thing too, Ryan, is that he redeems it all. You know, some people would be like, wow, you haven't seen your kids in 10 years. Well, guess what? He's going to redeem that because he's redeemed everything else. So not only does he redeem it, he makes it better than it was before. And so mine and Jason's marriage, you know, for the longest time, because we were so heavy in the religious spirit, we would be so mean to each other and then like beat each other over the head with Bible verses. Like Mm -hmm. we could use scripture to hurt one another. Like, that's terrible. We were really good at it, you know, (laughs) but now today, the freedom that we walk in is absolutely undeniable. And I owe it all to, to the people that we have surrounded ourselves with. And I want to give honor to Dub Alexander. He is our spiritual mentor and friend, but he came in like a flood and started to really teach Jason like our kingdom identity, who we are, what we're doing, how we're supposed to reform the systems of the world, what it looks like to live from a righteousness consciousness instead of a sin consciousness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he has an amazing school called School of Kingdom. And we were blessed to be able to go through that school last year for, and we, we did, we started in last July and graduated this last May and we're stepping into year two, but it has truly been the catalyst to set us off. It's almost as if it, it was a rocket ship that sent us into the stratosphere of the mountains that we're supposed to climb physically and spiritually, you know, and Mm. we're so grateful for him. So I wanted to give him honor in this. Um, But, you know, we do climb physical mountains. Jason and I are constantly climbing 12s, 13ers, 14ers, you know, all over Colorado since we've moved here. And through the physical climbs, the Lord, you know, is speaking to me around every turn over every boulder, 
you know, on every little slippery rock, you know, and I'm so grateful for that because I'm learning so much through that process about fear, about, you know, who told you that you were afraid, like who told mm. you that? And so, you know, through that process of the physical climbs, you know, he's like, well, I want you to climb other mountains. And so through Victory Vision Publishing, because of the authors that we serve, we literally are uh, summiting all seven mountains of influence right now, whether it be arts and entertainment, education, family, you know, media, all of the things where, you know, the church mountain, we're summiting all of them as a collective whole. So I look at my authors as part of our team. We are all uh, one big happy family. And so is mm. they're climbing the mountains, I'm climbing with them. And so there's just, it's just intense. And so now we are reforming those mountains uh, with kingdom culture. You know, we don't have a religious spirit on us at all. We love everyone, you know, no more judgment, no more pain, no more anything. It's just, let's go out into the world. Let's not run away from it. Let's not hide from the past. Let's not hide from the things, you know, that could come against us or the things that are happening in the world. In fact, I don't even watch the news. Like, I don't watch the news. I don't care because whatever's happening out there has no effect on what it is that I'm supposed to do. And what I'm supposed to do is go out, open the doors and see all the people and, and get them and bring them into kingdom culture. Mm. Amen. That's so good. And that kind of ties into another um, really important point that your story kind of prompts, which is that, I mean, a lot of people I think suffer from this delusion that the only way they can do anything important for God is to do it in quote unquote, full-time ministry, you know, whether that's serving the homeless, serving drug addicts, you know, being in the, you know, so-called five-fold um, ministry. And that is absolutely a very important mountain, one of seven, as you said, that we've kind of, you know, popularized through Lance Wallnow and some other people. But what I thought was so interesting is that you thought that the only way you could add value was to serve those addicts and those recovering people, because you had that background. And certainly that's a very powerful way. You can relate to them. You can empathize without judgment. You have compassion. That's powerful. But the Lord said, no, this is not ultimately what I have for you. This isn't my best. And now, um, interestingly, you're making your greatest impact in essentially the media mountain, which is opening up all the other mountains because of the content that your authors are sharing. So God, you know, used you more powerfully you know, outside of the the church or the religious mountain for his kingdom purposes, but also there's kind of a force multiplier effect because now you're opening up and helping to establish influence and impact through all the mountains, through that mountain that you were called to, that your clients are now able to take ground in all kinds of areas. And I just think that's a really important point for people. If you're listening to this and you think that the only way that you can serve God is by being in what we traditionally think of as full-time ministry, Anything that we do that is anointed by God that we are called into is going to be incredibly powerful. And for me personally, I'm doing that most of my full-time job, so to speak, is in the financial services industry. And I'm having an amazing impact in my clients' lives and vice versa. And so I just want to kind of just shatter that religious mindset that says that you can't do anything of import for the kingdom and for God, unless it's in church and like these traditional things we think of, there's any number of ways that God can in his infinite creativity bring us into that's going to have the most profound effect beyond what we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Amen. I mean, and that's beyond anything you could ask, think, or imagine. That's the key. And I don't, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't believe that that is real. 
But I'm here yeah. to tell you as a physical person, human being walking out the abundance of God right now, that it is very real. There is no reason that I should number one, be alive. Number mm. two, be clean. Number three, you know, be not in jail or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> There's no reason right. for that, but God, you know, he met me in the middle of the street, you know, um, and he can meet us anywhere. And so I mean, anybody that's listening, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter, you know, like how far you think you need to go. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that it's also never too late to dream big dreams and mm. go for them. You know, he will never let me down. That's what he always says to me. Like, I'm not going to let you fall. You know, when I'm climbing physical mountains, it's scary. Like there's a lot of things that could go wrong. And there's a, there's a, you know, a huge drop off, like right at the edge of your feet. And so it is scary, but he's like, I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going to let you fall. Never. And so he's constantly speaking to me on the physical mountain so that when I'm summiting the other mountains that I realize that even if the wheel falls off as we're driving up to the summit or climbing up to the summit, it doesn't mean that the car or my business or my life is going to go careening downhill, you know? Amen. Yeah. It he gives us hind feet in high places, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the, the thing that I think is so, so awesome about the way that God works is that he, he just gives us um, vision beyond our own vision. Again, it's going to look, so much different than what we ever thought, but it's going to be so much better. And, you know, you, you're literally summiting mountains in the, in the natural at the same time, there's a spiritual parallel. And again, kind of coming back to that, um, both and, you know, spirit realm and natural realm and having that ability to put those things together and live in that freedom and abundance. That's a really powerful, you know, hallmark for the kingdom. And, the way that you have been able to just let God lead this one step at a time and let him put those, you know, kind of craft that, that pathway for you, um, is, is so important because I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's your life, Julie, it's your testimony that is, is driving this thing forward that God's doing and it's attracting people to you because it's one thing to talk about theological concepts and principles, but it's the fruit of our lives. I think that really causes people to come and want to eat from that tree. And that's what I'm seeing in your life. And that's undeniably, I'm, I'm sure what's happening through your clients' lives and the people that they're impacting. So, I mean, being in a similar space, being content creators, um, kind of both in the media space, as well as other places, other mountains, um, I just find that so compelling. So for people who are interested in connecting with you and what you're doing, how can they reach out if they want to learn more about Victory Vision, just connect with you and your story? Uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Oh, yeah. So I'm on uh, LinkedIn as Julie Ballard and Victory Vision Publishing on Instagram as Julie Ballard and Victory Vision Publishing and same on Facebook. But also you can go to my website, which is victoryvision.org. Um, we do free consultations for anybody who's interested in just like having a chat about their vision. Cause it can be daunting. I mean, we're not here to sell you anything or do any of those things. If you just need somebody to talk to you, we're more than happy to do that for you. Um, and it's free. So you can book those directly on my website under our solutions page. And my email address, if anyone would like that is Julie at victoryvision.org. So victoryvision.org is the website. You can email Julie at julie at victoryvision.org. We'll put those in the show notes as always. 
And um, I would definitely recommend you reach out. I went through the same process, like I said, last year with a hybrid publisher, very similar model to you. And it was so helpful because it's daunting enough just to write a book, then to edit it, and then to publish it and do all those things. It can be overwhelming. And I think there's so many people who have a book in their heart that never sees the light of day because it's just so easy to get overwhelmed and bogged down. And so I think, you know, speaking from personal experience, the services that you offer are so critically important, not just for us, but in ultimately getting this message of the gospel and the kingdom out to, you know, all the corners of the earth. Like you said, it's amazing with the internet. Like you had people on your blog tuning in. I just found out the other day, uh, this podcast is now being heard in 74 countries. I mean, it's astounding what the modern day technology and the internet can do. So I definitely encourage you guys to check out uh, Julie's website and connect with her. Obviously she's got a really powerful story and I think there's so much good that can come from that. But what is a very bold declaration of faith that you want to end with right now on the record, Julie, that you're speaking forth those things by faith um, that are not as though they are that we can come back to, because as everybody knows from listening to this podcast, I really believe in that. We've had really amazing follow-up testimonies like we talked about before the show started. So what is something that you want to just put out there right now, very boldly? Well, I walked through some identity coaching um, with, like I said, our mentor, Dub Alexander, and out of it, out of hours and hours and hours of just weeping, crying, listening to God, both of us, um, this is what came out. And I feel like I want to share this kingdom declaration with you. It is my kingdom declaration because, you know, for the longest time I asked the Lord, why me? Like, why did all this stuff have to happen to me? Why did I make all these bad decisions? You know, why, 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 why? And one day he finally said, he said, do you not know that I, I knew you before you were born? Mm. And he said, I knew you before I put you in your mother's womb. And he said, and I knew, I knew all the days of your life before they ever even came to pass. Mm. And he said, so I called out your name in heaven and your name is victory. I knew that you would survive. And I knew Mm. that you would turn to me and then teach others about me and share with others about how to advance the kingdom of God on earth, bring heaven to earth. He said, you are the epitome of heaven to earth. And so through Mm. that, this is my kingdom declaration. And I feel that there's an impartation on me speaking this out to this community because I feel like there's others that are listening that can grab a hold of this and then ask God who he says that they are. So let it be known that I am kingdom victory. As his zealous daughter, I am my father's joy. I give voice to destiny with passionate encouragement. I advance the kingdom with bold tenacity and manifest creativity, creativity everywhere that I go. For I am kingdom victory, let all this be so. So for all of you listening, you are victorious. You live from victory. You live from righteousness. Sin is done. It is paid for. It is no longer. It was paid for on the cross by our Savior, and he is interceding for you in heavenly places. My spirit lives inside of me, and it is also in heaven seated with God. And so we are bilocational beings. And so just remember that Mm. as you are going through things, the Lord is interceding with your spirit in heaven right now. And so let all this be so. Amen. Wow. Pretty articulate for someone who couldn't put two sentences together. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I finally, you know, lastly, I finally, you know, I was like, I want to write again. I miss writing. And of course I'm writing for others. I'm ghostwriting books right now, but 
you know, the Lord um, finally said, I want you to put a folder on your computer under your victory vision with your victory, other victory vision authors. And he said, and I want you to put a document in it and I want you to start writing. And so I'm committed to a page a day and it's actually a novel and I've never written a novel before. So this is pretty interesting, but he's Mm -hmm. using all of it to basically, it's going to be a novel loosely based on my testimony and um yeah it's incredible so i made a post the other day on facebook and i was like here's page one and now let's let's do this so now i've added myself to my own calendar of things to do every day (laughs) and um yeah so i'm gonna start doing my own creativity and my own flow so i'm excited amen yeah you're not just the president you're a client too i love that (laughs) and you said something that i really love you say we are bi-locational beings And I'm assuming by that, you mean we are both seated in heavenly places and of course, also walking in the natural realm on the earth. Yes. And that's so important to keep in mind. I mean, as I've said already on the show before, I'm so struck by how many people have had their best year, their most anointing, the most favor in their business, their finances, their personal lives, the most breakthrough of victory, again, in the middle of a global pandemic and economic crisis. So we truly do live in the kingdom. We are not of the world, though we live in the world, but that kind of comes back to this bilocational dynamic that we live in. And, you know, again, guys, this isn't pie in the sky. You're hearing it here from somebody else of, of as well as numerous other people who are experiencing this firsthand. So I know that may seem kind of radical and and just like, I don't know if, is this really real? Just like you were saying earlier, Julie, like, Oh, is this really real? Yes, it's real. And you've got the fruit, the metrics, the business stats and the life change and transformation to back that up. So what a powerful testimony. Thank you so much for sharing so transparently. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. You're such a great communicator and listener and, you know, I'm just so grateful for all the people that you brought onto this show and all the future people that you will bring on. And I just bless them all. And I bless you and what you're doing. And just thank you for, thank you for bringing the kingdom to the media mountain. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's another great example. I can promise you, I never thought in a million years that I would start my quote unquote ministry um, with a podcast that was never, ever on my radar. And yet it's led to so many things. And now just recently in the last you know year or so, I've really started to experience that same level of convergence where all these things come together, like you've talked about, Julie. And it's just from that taking those small, simple steps of trust and obedience that lead to things you cannot possibly fathom. And, you know, on your behalf, Julie, if you don't mind, I would like to make a bold declaration for you. Okay. I would love that. Thank you. I am boldly declaring, ooh, and I'm... <laughs> I'm feeling the, the spirit on this one. Um, I am boldly declaring that you are going to have, not just like you said, not fixed, but even better, better relationship with Caleb and Jacob than you've ever had. This is going to be a very powerful restoration, a reconciliation and redemption. And I don't know how or when that's going to happen. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I am just boldly declaring and agreeing with you right now that that is going to happen. And I can't wait to have you back on the show to share that. Amen. Yes, I receive it. I receive it in Jesus name. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. Well, guys, you've heard, <laughs> you've heard somebody who's, who's run the gamut throughout life. This is real. This isn't just pie in the sky. This is where the supernatural meets the practical. And it's not just in 
the church or the religious mountain. It's in the business mountain, the media mountain, all the different mountains of influence. And so if you're hearing this, if the Lord is pricking your heart through this testimony, reach out, let us know how it's impacted you. Definitely reach out to Julie. You know, if you just want to talk to her on a personal level and or a professional level, um, you can participate in that anointing that she is walking in. Because when we associate with people who are where we want to be, they're going where we want to go, they're becoming who we want to become, then we get to share that impartation and that transformation. So highly encourage you guys to reach out to her. As always, reach out to me. Let me know how this impacted you. If you think that you've got a story that would be a great encouragement to share on the podcast, please let us know. And please share this with as many people as you can. This, this needs to go out. These stories need to be heard. These lies need to be dismantled and replaced with the truth. And victory will replace defeat, as Julie has so powerfully shown us. So I just really encourage you guys, believe this, take it to heart. It is real. You've seen the fruit of it. And we love to hear from you. And we will see you next week on A Better Way. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Better Way Podcast with Ryan Haley. For more information and to discover more episodes, visit abetterwaypodcast.com or search us on iTunes, TuneIn, or any of your favorite online audio sites. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email. Have a suggestion for who we could interview next? Let us know on our website. Finally, A Better Way is listener-sponsored. Help us to further the message of kingdom entrepreneurship by supporting us financially. You can give online on our website, abetterwaypodcast.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.